Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome back to the show. Our Congressman Jim Himes, elected many, many times representing the 4th Congressional District, a Democrat, lately a very familiar figure on CNN and other national news outlets, and always a friend of the Lisa Wexler Show. Hello, Jim. Welcome back. Hi, Congressman. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always happy to have you on the show. There's only a few things going on right now in D.C., yeah. right? You're bored. You, you yeah, gotta roll, it almost right? makes you want to turn, yeah. off the, uh, turn off the cable news, right? <laughs> I, I, that's what, I get that every day from my listeners. I can't listen anymore. All right, let yeah. me launch. I've got a question. Helen from Westport, please ask the congressman about him signing the letter asking Israel to cease fire. Does he want Israel to continue this nightmare in the future? That's the question. You, yeah, you can no, and it's a good question. And of on? course, of course, I don't want this to continue in the future. You know, um, we all watched what happened on October 7th with the brutal murder and rape and hostage taking um, by Hamas. And of course, since then, we've seen, you know, somewhere between 25 and 30,000 um, uh, Gazans killed, uh, most of those um, non-combatants, right? I mean, it's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. So, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and end this today, of course you would do that. Um, you know, and I, I've, I this is a this is a tough issue, but no, I have not called for a ceasefire. Meaning the Israelis should just stop their attack on Hamas, and the reason for that, and, and I understand that's not an easy thing to say, given um, how untenably, in some ways, um, the situation has developed in Gaza. But there's two reasons why I just can't say that. Number one. Hamas is still holding the hostages, you know, and and if the Israelis stop their attack on Hamas, and they've probably, you know, uh, destroyed roughly a third of Hamas and their equipment and everything, what incentive does Hamas have to give the hostages back? Number two, Hamas has said, um, and, and they're proud of this, that they will use a ceasefire to rearm and to do an October 7th again. And I just don't know. Uh, look, I understand the instinct. I really do. The situation is horrible. But when you have a group that says that we'll use a ceasefire to plan another October 7th, you know, I just can't get there. 
Um, and I will tell you, I appreciate with, that you can't get there as my congressman. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's hard. I look, I understand that. why people are saying let's just stop it because innocents are dying. And and look, I've told senior members of the Israeli military that you know the way the war has been conducted in the last two months just can't be the war. It's con- the way it's conducted in the future. But you know, the idea that Hamas, that the remaining members of Hamas would get off scot free for what they did on October seventh, that they would then plan another attack on Israel, I just don't know how you can in the context of those statements by Hamas say that Israel should stop um, going after them. Now, I hope they do it in a different way than they have done it for the last couple of months with, so, with such a brutal humanitarian situation. But that's, that's why I can't get there, Lisa. Well, let me ask you this. So tactically, and you're on the intelligence. Are you now the ranking member on House Intelligence? Have you been Correct, the yeah. Wow. Okay. So you've been around the block enough to see this. What we are hearing in the news is that one of the things Israel wants to do is flood these tunnels, even though there's a concern that people are still in them, maybe even hostages are still in them. Um, and we know that the tunnels were built largely with U.N. aid, right, humanitarian aid, because otherwise how could they have done it? Um, what do you think about that as a tactic that's trying to go underground and destroy the way Hamas has been actually operating? Yeah, they can't flood the tunnels. And the reason they can't flood the tunnels is that we believe that most of the remaining hostages, and there's probably somewhere between you know, 90 and 120 hostages, we believe that they're in the tunnels, right? So you I just see. you just can't do that. Now, uh, the Israelis are doing probably the hardest thing there is to do, uh, not just urban combat, but urban combat in tunnels. And of course, they're slowly destroying those tunnels. But um, we we have every reason to believe that the hostages are there, so they can't they can't just you know flood them or you know uh, attack them in an indiscriminate manner. Does America believe that the majority are still alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really hard to say, but we we don't. I mean, you know, on the one hand, some of them are certainly deceased, um, but but we don't have any reason to believe that the vast majority of the hostages aren't still alive. You know, if there's one bright, um, if there's one sort of silver lining to this otherwise awful cloud, it's that those keeping those hostages alive is the one kind of bargaining chip that Hamas has right now. So. I mean, I, you know, I, I shouldn't even call it a silver lining because oh, you can only what imagine saying. what the what, what the conditions saying. are that yeah. these people are living under, and you don't need to imagine it because, of course, in the last in the last cessation, in the last ceasefire, there were um, you know hostages returned who told just unbelievable stories unbelievable. of how they were treated. Right, right, and people that couldn't make eye contact with people. In other words, some of the captives couldn't make eye contact with some of the people holding them hostage when they would ask them questions because they knew that they couldn't look them in the eye and and admit to things that they knew were happening. So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty horrific. It's pretty horrific. Uh, But I want to thank you, Congressman Himes, as a constituent uh, for your uh, unfailing support of Israel's right to be Israel, of Israel's right to exist, and acknowledging the difficulties um, and the nuances and the difficulties of all of this in a way that I feel like you've been supporting I feel like you've been supporting the Jewish people, and I'm saying this as a Jewish woman. So I, I wanted to say that publicly. Yeah, no, thank you. And, you know, I will, um, you know, the, the, the need to support Israel, um, which is in a very dangerous neighborhood, which had an appalling attack on October 7th, is, is, is always important. Um, you know, we also need to urge, uh, you know, Israel uh, to, over time, address the underlying um, 
strategic problems that lead to just generation after generation of problems associated with, you know, a failure to resolve over generations the 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 status of the Palestinian people. And you know, that's why I also sent a letter with uh, my my colleague Raja Krishnamurthy when the Prime Minister Netanyahu um, said no two state solution. And 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 by the way, empathy is important here. If I were an Israeli, I would probably not want a two state solution right now, given what happened to my country on October seventh. But you know, we 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 need to never lose sight of the need to um, ultimately fix the underlying problem here and give the Palestinian people, um, you know, the, the the same rights to a state that uh, um, that the Israeli people have enjoyed for a long time. And so yeah. it's a tough listen, moment to say that, but, but, but it's important. Well, I, I can appreciate you saying that. I don't know that the dilemma that Begin and Clinton and even Sadat faced over time, people that really tried to create more peace in the Middle East how, how, in, in very difficult circumstances, they, they have, and Golda Meir, I, I just feel like the dilemma that people face is that there hasn't been one leader from the Palestinian movement who has gotten up there and said, we can appreciate that Israel isn't going anywhere. We can appreciate, it's not about the river to the sea. We can appreciate that Israel is going to be there. They're going to be a state that has 2 million or so Arabs that want to stay Arab Israelis that aren't interested in going anyplace else. And they are happy to be governed or relatively happy as opposed to their other choices to be governed in a Jewish state versus the alternatives. And we're going to stand up for our own independence and autonomy while respecting the right of our neighbor to also live. Is there one Palestinian leader that you have met with that says that? I'm not talking about an American protesting. I'm talking about a Palestinian leader with authority because the, the polls that I see show that 75% of Gazans are happy about October 7th and totally support Hamas and would probably elect Hamas tomorrow if they could. Mahmoud Abbas is an aging man who can't get elected in Gaza and is barely, barely holding on to authority in the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. So you and I can preach to the moon what Israel should do, but it assumes that Israel has been asked to sit down and negotiate in good faith a two-state solution and has walked away from the table. And my reading of history is that Israel has never walked away from the table in good faith with a good uh, two-state solution. The last time we came close to the brink was Arafat. And he walked away, Congressman Himes, and ended up dying with $13.9 billion in a Swiss bank account where his wife lived with his son. So, or maybe it was his daughter. So uh, you have to tell me when you and Senator Murphy and others implore Netanyahu and other leaders to sit down for a two-state solution, who were they sitting down with? Who? Yeah, no, that that's a very fair question, and and you know you're absolutely right. If you look at the history of the Dayton Accords, um, you know uh, under the Clinton administration they were very very close to a deal, and Yasser Arafat at the end of the day walked away. Uh, I guess it was Camp David, not the Dayton Accords, Camp David. Um, and so you're absolutely right. Um, you know uh, there has never been a Palestinian leader willing to take the risks that Anwar Sadat took. Um, that frankly the Abraham Accords that were negotiated under yes. uh, under the presidency of Donald Trump 
we, we know two things. One is that, yes, there's never been a leader willing to stretch. And we also know that it's possible because, you know, over time, Jordan recognized um, uh, Israel, Egypt recognized Israel, the Abraham Accords. One of the reasons we saw October 7th, of course, is that the, the, that the big dog, um, Saudi Arabia, was engaged in making peace. And so um, you're right in your historical reading. I would say, and I don't believe that 75 percent of Gazans support Hamas. This is a brutal, murderous, totalitarian organization. So my guess is that if you're a Palestinian in Gaza, you don't much like what has just happened, um, but that you know you may not be entirely willing to express your opinion. Mm. Um, so again, I, I'm not – look, I understand the history of this situation. I, I'm just saying there really is no alternative, right? And, and I actually agree with you to the point that I will say I don't know that we're getting a Palestinian leader anytime soon. Who knows, right? Um, you know, Abbas is whatever he is, 80 three years old. Mm -hmm. I think that the path here is once we've sort of calmed down from the brutality that started on October 7th, to continue to work with the Saudis, to continue to work with the rest of the Arab world so that the Palestinians recognize that you can make peace with Israel, you can recognize Israel. And by the way, when you do that, you know, you will have massive economic opportunities for prosperity, et cetera. But, but that all relies, of course, on keeping the idea of a two-state solution alive. So we just we can't let that die because otherwise, what do you get the Palestinian people to, to support? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I understand that. I think that the majority of Israelis understand that. You know, yeah. before yeah. what happened, you know, before this happened, one of the reasons I think Israel was weakened and so weak is because they themselves were totally divided and torn over the Netanyahu administration. But that's what a democracy does. And that's another reason to admire Israel, because they themselves were having a huge internal fight about the direction of their domestic policy. That, that's yeah, what was but- happening there. Yeah, no, that's that's that, that's exactly right. Yeah. Anyway, Congressman Himes, what else did I want to talk to you about today? I know there was something else that was really on my mind. Hey, can I bring something up? I yeah, gotta bring of course something you up can. because totally. you know we I get on your show and complain about the just crazy antics down here, <laughs> um, it, particularly in the House of Representatives. Last night at eight o'clock, we mm-hmm. passed a bill in strong bipartisan fashion. If I if I tell you it's a tax bill, um, your listeners will will turn off the radio. But here's <laughs> what was in that thing: um, in the bill that we passed yesterday, uh, we had an expansion of the child tax credit. This is these are payments to lower-income American families with children who, as we all know, with inflation, have been struggling this last year. Um, It's not quite what it was during COVID when half of America's children in poverty were lifted out of poverty, but it was was a good step. Wasn't that amazing? 
Wasn't yeah, that amazing? Yeah. That and it nice. had an expansion of the uh, low-income housing tax credit, which is the number one tool we use to build affordable housing around the country. And then importantly for, for our part of Connecticut, it had an expansion of the um, what's known as the research and development tax credit, which allows companies to invest more in research and development, be innovative. So since you so often catch me like pulling my hair out and lighting myself on fire <laughs> over dysfunctionality, I just want to say we got something big done last night. That's great. <laughs> and how is it going with Mike? Johnson, do you find him to be an affable human? Forgetting about the headlines, is he a nice person? Um, Mike Johnson is a very nice person. I don't think I agree with him on anything, but he is okay. a very nice, civil, <laughs> southern gentleman. And okay. no, I appreciate that. I okay. appreciate that. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, it, you know, you just you just made the case. A lot of times, it's tone that it, that turns people off, right? And, mm-hmm. and as I said, I'm not sure I agree with him on anything, but he's an enormously affable and civil person. And 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 look, at the end of the day, the problem in the house is not the nature of the person occupying the speaker's office, right? You know, Kevin McCarthy was a pretty nice guy too. It's the fact that you've got this rift in the Republican Party between the old traditional Republican Party that you and I grew up with of the Bushes, you know, of Ronald Reagan, and then you've got the sort of Republican Party of Matt Gates and Lauren Bobart and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, and quite frankly, I'm not sure there's anybody who can manage that rift when you have a two or three vote majority. And I'm not trying to take a shot. I, I will sometimes take a shot, but I'm not taking a shot here. I'm just saying, man, that is a math problem that I'm not sure anybody can solve. <laughs> I think she may not get it, though, Lauren Bobart. I think she's in trouble. Yeah, no, and that's that's gratifying. You know, I don't I don't mind rootin' tootin' hard right conservatives. They get elected and, and look sure. there's a long tradition of small government, family values, the old traditional values of the right wing. I'm you know, uh, again, that's not what I think my district is looking for necessarily, but um what isn't okay is people who are here to get famous on social media, who are here to sort of throw bombs into the process, you know. At the end of the day, you know this because you've been in public service, you know, a legislator that can't compromise doesn't work. And so I, I won't I won't be sad if Miss Bobart doesn't uh, doesn't win re-election in the state of Colorado. <laughs> I know. I, I'm with you about that. I think she's just a flamethrower. I think she's just in it for her own ego. That's what it seems to me. I have nothing to do with her behind this. She's just, you know, she's just a tantrum thrower. I'm, I'm not into people who throw tantrums. I think it's very serious business to be privileged to help govern this country. I'm not sure she takes it that seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the best definition I've heard of leadership in my life, and this probably applies more to, let's say, legislators than to military officers. Best definition of leadership I heard was um, disappointing your your supporters at a sustainable rate. I, I love that, right? Because it just it just acknowledges that a serious legislator is going to compromise. And mm-hmm. sometimes your most ardent supporters are people who don't really want compromise. And so anyway, that always rings in my head as a, you know, in some ways. And, and you know, Speaker Johnson is experienced that more than anybody else, right? Because he's got an enormously responsible job and there's just no way he is going to make, you know, the tradition he comes out of that right-wing freedom caucus. There's just no way he's going to make him happy over time. Well, I wanted to ask you something before I let you go, Congressman Jim Himes. Can you distill for me what this great compromise about immigration was supposed to be? I understand it may be derailed because Donald Trump has an agenda to do so. But if it wasn't derailed or if it gets back on track, what, are, what if you know, what are the nuts and bolts of this that are being called a really significant compromise and path forward? What is it yeah. we're trying to do? 
Yeah. So, no, that's a great question, and it's important in and of itself because, boy, wouldn't it be great for the first time in decades to do an immigration border bill that will, by the way, talk about require compromise. But the other thing, reason it's important is because the Republican majority has said that unless we get a border bill, we're not doing any Ukraine aid, and that, that opens a whole other wow. can of worms. But um, So to answer your question specifically, um, there's kind of – there's kind of two instincts, right? One instinct is let's, you know, people who come across the border are have a right to seek sanctuary. They stay for years because we don't have enough judges to see whether they are yeah, entitled it's a huge problem. Uh, to yeah. sanctuary, right? Yeah. So that's one answer. And then there's another instinct which says we make it too easy. And in fact, maybe we even encourage it because people will get to stay for two, two to three years. Um, we encourage people to make a run for the border. And, and, mm. and, there, that's not wrong. That's not wrong. Some, the policies that come out of it are wrong that say, you know, let's make it really hard once you're here. Let's split up children from their family. I don't agree with that. But so the compromise is a little bit of everybody's views. So the compromise that is being – by the way, you should get Senator Murphy on the phone because he's the guy who negotiated this. Okay. The compromise is, okay. you know, to kind of the MAGA folks, okay, we'll give a little bit more money for border security, a wall. If a wall, you know, in here or there might make sense, we're going to do more judges. Because we need to process people seeking sanctuary quicker. And, yeah, we'll make it tougher. So we'll make it such that – and this was the proposal – that if more than 5,000 people come across the border on any given day, it all completely shuts down. And if you show up at the border with a sanctuary claim, we, 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 we take you out of the country without adjudicating that claim. Ah, now, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, and that's where – and you know, I think you know people that want that in America. I think I think right now the sentiment is that we've been our cities have been inundated overrun. and can't cope. I think people overrun. in America want that compromise. Yeah. And 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 I think there's a way to do it. And again, you'd have to talk to Senator Murphy because I know Senator Murphy is a progressive guy. I know that he wasn't going to negotiate something that was inhumane. Mm-hmm. And and that, to me, that's the distinction. Look, we we shouldn't have clear incentives to come across the border illegally. But we should make sure that we don't act in an inhumane way. And I, I trust that Senator Murphy was going to get there. Um, but um, now we're in this weird world where the speaker is saying, you know, dead on arrival, even though – and I should say – I heard Mitch McConnell say this. Mitch McConnell in the Senate said, we will not get a better border deal if Donald Trump is president and we have control of the House and the Senate. <sighs> Mitch McConnell is saying, take the deal. But again, we've got the House dynamics, uh, I fear, I fear possibly compromised our ability to get that done. And one last thing, Congressman Himes, you're a Harvard grad. I'm, I'm among your other distinctions. I know you're a Rhodes Scholar, but you're a Harvard grad. You want to give me a, a line or two about what you think about this reckoning going on with Harvard? Uh, Ken Griffin saying he already gave them $300 million. He's going to stop the next $500 million because they're a bunch of whiny snowflakes. The, all of the... Um, all of the situation that went on with the plagiarism accusations and the lack of response to anti-Semitism and the DEI stuff. You're a Harvard grad. What, what do you make of your Harvard right now? Yeah, and it's not just Harvard, right? It's, it's, it's universities no. and colleges all over the place. Um, I, I guess I have three thoughts. Number one, you know, Claudine Gay at the end of the day uh, resigned or was asked to resign because of allegations of plagiarism. And I can't tell you that I'm a master of knowing what is plagiarism, but you know, I think that that was appropriate because the university is very tough on students who don't cite accurately or commit plagiarism. Number two, um, we should recognize that 
you know, there is a tension inside universities and, frankly, inside our country between free expression um, and free expression that is appalling. Now, Claudine Gay and the president of Penn gave terrible answers in front of the terrible. Congress. Terrible. Oh, absolutely embarrassingly terrible. Embarrassingly horrible. <laughs> right. And, and the answer – for somebody in politics, you know, the answer was really clear, which was, you know what? If somebody is spouting genocide oh. to the Jews on my campus, I'm going to oh. do everything I can to get oh, them God. off the campus. Not a hard answer. Um, and the third thing I want to say is, look, I really do believe, and I've been concerned for a long time, not just about Harvard, but about academia in general. I feel passionately about freedom of expression. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm a Democrat, but I think right wing conservative voices should never be shouted down on universities. Mm-hmm. A professor who says that biologically speaking, there are two genders should never be accused of being a bigot. Um, and quite frankly, Harvard and other universities have tolerated attacks on let's just say kind of writer wing ideas for way too long. They've allowed people to shout down speakers. They've allowed, um, you know, uh, protest is a little bit more complicated, right? You have a right to protest, but, uh, and I think universities shouldn't be in the business of on every societal issue opining on where they are. They need to maintain an environment of free expression. And quite frankly, universities, Harvard included, has not done nearly a good enough job no. protecting the free they expression dead of people last. who lean right. They exactly. came in dead last on a dead free speech. Dead last on the message. fair. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's anecdote after anecdote, and you know, uh, it's just there's a lot of illiberalism on the right. MAGA is an illiberal thing. They, but but there's also a liberalism on the left that says that you know if you if you're a right winger, you don't have a right to speak on my campus, and that is deeply un-American, deeply concerning. Congressman Jim Himes, thank you so much for giving us your time today. I love chatting with you, and um, we here in the 4th Congressional District appreciate your accessibility and your thoughtful uh, and your thoughtful approach as a legislator. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Congressman Jim Himes from the 4th Congressional District on the Lisa Wexler Show. We will be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 